Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith along with Joe Welke. And we're here to kick off your Monday morning here at Wax 104.5. And Jill, how was your weekend? It was good enough. Good enough. Yes. Well, I got a chance to actually do nothing for a while, which was kind of nice. That is amazing. <laughs> because I don't get much of a chance to do that. How about yours? Did your uh, Christmas lights and everything stay on with all the wind? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Everything stayed on. I did end up taking down one of them just because the wind last week was so bad. It was actually... Now, I have a... It sounds really bad. There's a screw in the house. Yeah. And then I hang my, my stuff on it. Well, the wind was actually getting behind it and picking it up and slamming it against the house. So I did take that down until the wind died down just because I'm like, if it keeps banging, I, A, I don't want to break the siding, you know, because I mean, it's, it's a south side, you know, facing. So I don't know if that gets more brittle or not. But then I'm like, you know, then my luck, it would fall and break and then I'd be mad. Yeah, we so, don't want Kristen mad. No, we don't. No, Kristen mad is not a fun Kristen. And no, no. But uh, I did that, and then I was so proud of myself yesterday. Now, with the help of my brother-in-law, I cleaned out. So in your bathroom, you have that ventilation fan. Yeah. And I've noticed that, you know, gosh, it, it seems like there's a lot of moisture stuck in our bathroom. So I looked at that, and I'm like, yeah, that should be cleaned. And I looked at it, and it's old. And I'm like, how the heck do you get this thing down? So I called him, and he took some pictures, and he's like, I know what you need to do. So he helped me get it down. Wow, that made a difference. That's something you never, I never think about. Well, your bathroom vent fan, and actually I looked it up, and it says you should clean that out every six months at a minimum. Wow. Yeah. I it can just, actually cause, like, fires and stuff, because all the dust and stuff gets up into the actual fan chute. Huh. And it can plug. I didn't know that. Well, good good public service note there for yes. you. Yes. I was, and it was really, like, accomplishing. And then we cleaned off the top of our refrigerator and cleaned that off, and... Well, my son did put a new door in my house, too. Ooh, hey, that's important, especially with colder weather coming. Yes, it is. Yeah, I like that. So, but got her done. Got her done. Hey, that's the main thing. Otherwise, weather-wise, we can't complain. It was a little bit chilly on Saturday. Otherwise, it wasn't bad at all. No, not at all. It was it was warm enough for me to spend spread manure again. Ooh, nothing better than that fresh perfume (laughs) in the morning. Yeah. So, any critters for you on your drive-in? I uh, told one deer on the side of the road that he shouldn't turn towards me as he turned towards me. He just wants to show off. Well, I know, but it was 4 o'clock in the morning, and I don't need to see it. 4 o'clock. Must be nice to sleep in. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw five deer, and they were all kind of, they were spooky. Like, really skittish, which I haven't seen for a while, but they were... You know, they saw my headlights and their heads popped up and then they kind of crouched down like they're going to run. But they were kind of skittish today. I wonder if it has to do with the wind because it's been so windy for them. Windy. And I think actually I didn't know this. Last week we talked about the rut. Yes. Here we missed it. Whoops. It must have been a short group because all of a sudden now they're in that second rut time frame. And I'm like, I didn't even think we hit it yet. But I wonder if they're not coming out for food. Because remember last week, I'm like, my deer count was down. Yeah. So I wonder if they're not like, huh, the men are sleeping and the women are like, finally, I get to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But hey, we are not we can't complain about today's weather. It is going to be a high of 54 degrees. Yep. Time for me to put my uh, caulking in around my door. Caulking. (laughs) You're going to say I'm going to get my shorts on and the tank tops back out. I actually was wearing shorts yesterday. I oh, did my, geez. I did my chores in shorts. Oh, no. I had my muck boots on, though, so it was kind of a sight to see. <laughs> you know, that's the true farm girl right there. Shorts and boots. <laughs> well. You see it at the fairs. Well, and it works. Mm-hmm. It absolutely. Efficient. 
Hey, nothing wrong with being efficient. <laughs> well, we're going to kick off your Monday morning right now with a little bit of Neil McCoy. Calcium products, a way to take care of our soils. I've got Andrew Hoiberg. He's the vice president for research and development at Calcium Products. We've got some products to talk about. SO4 pelletized gypsum. Now, what are the primary benefits of it? SO4, it's a calcium sulfate uh, gypsum product that's pelletized. The primary benefit you're going to get from that is sulfur nutrition for the crops. And so, you know, as we know, sulfur deficiency is a big deal nowadays. And so providing a good soluble source of sulfur with SO4 is the primary benefit to help maximize crop yield. The other benefit you can get from that is the calcium that comes from it uh, that can help with uh, also with plant nutrition, but more so with soil quality. And when is a good time to apply it? So any time of year, really, you can you can put this product out, but the solubility of it is such that you can put it out in the fall and not worry about leaching any of that sulfur out of the soil before the, the next spring crop starts to germinate. So fall is a great time to apply it. How has SO4 performed in yield trials? So currently we've got about a 14 bushel advantage over not using sulfur on corn and about a 3 bushel advantage over no sulfur on soybeans. So very good proven performance in the field. Does it have any different effects with the weather and the drought that we had this summer? Well, the drought can be uh, can be detrimental to all sulfur sources with the fact that we don't have water moving those nutrients around in the soil, but uh, it can certainly provide some nice uh, soil amending benefits for some of those years where we have, have troubled soils with that calcium uh, part of the product. Now let's talk about 98G pelletized limestone. What are the primary benefits of it? So the primary benefit of 98G is that we've got a very pure source and we've got a very fine particle size, which are both very important things for liming materials before we pelletize it. So what that results in is a very efficient and effective uh, pH correction and maintenance tool. We're starting to see a lot more people thinking about uh, liming applications more frequently than they have. And so putting out a maintenance rate of 98G at two to 300 pounds per acre per year to offset acidification that we're creating with our nitrogen management programs is providing a very nice yield benefit. We're seeing a little over 10 bushel uh, advantage on corn and, again, about a 3 bushel increase on soybean when 98G is used at these lower rate, more frequent applications. And there we have a little update on SO4 pelletized gypsum and 98G pelletized limestone from Andrew Hoiberg. He's the Vice President for Research and Development at Calcium Products. And I'm Jill Welke from Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning, three minutes before 5 o'clock. Jill, don't you feel just honored to be up at this time in the morning? Oh, I'm always honored to be up at this time in the morning. How about you? You know, I love driving in in the mornings. There's not a lot of cars. No, that's nice. And just the view. It's such a beautiful morning. It is. Venus is really bright again this morning. Oh, it's just amazing to sit outside, look at the stars. I mean, not like I'm sitting outside, you know, driving, you know, through <laughs> Highway 10 in the county forest. But just to see all the critters out, in the, it's just a beautiful time of the morning. And actually, I find it easier to drive this time of the morning than I do in the evenings. Yes. And I realize that it's dark both times, but there's something about the morning. There is something about the morning. It's a beautiful morning. And it's going to be a beautiful week starting off. Today, going to be a sunny day with 54. Tomorrow, we're going to get a little bit of clouds and some wind, but a high of 60 degrees. Wednesday, sunny and 59. So be sure to look for Jill wearing shorts and tank tops. You know she'll be out there doing it. Jill and I were talking during George's song there for a minute. And Jill, you had said that you were outside in your shorts last week. Well, yesterday. And what, what, did you have long sleeves on? No tank top. You had t-shirt, sweatshirt? I had a sweatshirt on. And a and stocking cap. And a stocking hat. And, and your muck boots. boots. Yeah. And all I can think of is in this picture, now we, we're, I'm going to date myself back, and a lot of people know this movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You kind of remind me, I, I could picture you looking like Cousin Eddie. <clears throat> well, and the other part of this whole story was I had my sewer pumped out last <laughs> week. And oh, I ra- I raked better. I raked the dirt because I had I needed some more soil <laughs> on the top because it settles, you know. So I was out there raking that. So that just put everything into perspective with cousin Eddie and pumping out the sewer of his motorhome, right? Yeah. You didn't have the stogie? Uh no. No stogie. No, okay. I don't do that. <laughs> you know, I could just I can just picture you out there, you know, now you just needed the music. Yeah, but my clothes kind of match though, and I don't think <laughs> oh, cousin God. Eddie's kind of ever ever matched did they 
I don't know. <laughs> You're going to look now, aren't you? Oh, I am so going to look. I have to now. Now I'm thinking, I, I thought he was wearing like white boxer underwear. Yeah, no, my shorts were gray. My okay. shorts were gray. So. Well, I'll, we'll double check here. Okay. <laughs> but it is 501 on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's check in this morning with some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Donald Trump Jr. will be back on the stand as the first defense witness in the Trump Organization's civil fraud trial in New York. Lawyers representing former President Trump, his sons, and their company will start their defense today. The Trump family organization is being accused of inflating their wealth to obtain better loans. The New York Attorney General's office ended its arguments on Wednesday and was denied a motion to limit certain expert witnesses from testifying for the defense. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says there may be a deal in the works to free more hostages held by Hamas. The minute we started the ground operation, things began to change. Appearing on NBC's Meet the Press, Netanyahu did not go into any detail, saying the chances of a deal are better the less he talks about it. He did say Israel was not close at all to any agreement until its forces began a ground operation into Gaza. The Prime Minister was responding to reports of a possible deal for the release of as many as 80 women, children and elderly being held captive. An estimated 240 hostages are currently held by Hamas. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott is suspending his presidential campaign. I am suspending my campaign. I think the voters who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're telling me not now, Tim. Scott made the announcement in an interview with Fox News on Sunday. He said he loves America more than he did when he started running, but when he returns to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential candidate. A state of emergency is being declared in Los Angeles as a result of a pallet fire that shut down a major highway indefinitely. Governor Gavin Newsom says the state is mobilizing resources to complete repairs and minimize the impact for travel in and around Los Angeles. The fire was first reported early Saturday morning at a storage yard underneath the 10 freeway. Officials hope to open at least one lane sometime today. And the Las Vegas Raiders came through with a 16-12 win over the New York Jets on Sunday night football at Allegiant Stadium. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And that's a look at our national news this morning. And while that was on, you know what I did. I looked up Cousin Eddie, Jill. Okay. Okay, so our, our outfit is not exactly the same. So he's got that hat with, like, the ear flappers. Oh, yeah, no, mine was just a stocking hat. Okay, he's wearing a white bathrobe with blue trim a- and a white patent leather belt or, like, white-looking belt. Okay. And socks. Of course I had socks on, but you can't see my socks because I had my muck boots on. <laughs> I can't tell what kind of shoes, though. Oh, he has a beer in his hand. Oh. You didn't have that? No. <sighs> it's those details. Yes, but we did have one of our favorite callers call in. Yep, our trucker buddy, John. Trucker buddy. <laughs> trucker buddy, John. And he says we should have you and Bob dress up as Cousin Eddie and have like a contest for Christmas. I like this idea. Well, are you going to do it too? Of course. If you do it, I will. (laughs) Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. Now you're making me a little bit nervous. Oh, right away. (laughs) Oh, man. We had to have some fun with that this morning. So we've got a lot of stuff to cover. We're going to be talking about the World Cheese Awards in Norway. That big event took place back in October. Fox Valley Technical College, they'll be having their annual farm tour, their 72nd annual tour. And we're going to be talking about bees. So we've got a busy morning. A whole lot is coming up. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Jill, we've had some big award winners here back in October from our state. Catch us up. What's going on? Well, the Wisconsin Cheese Artisans brought home 25% of all awards presented at the World Cheese Awards in Norway back in October. The global event brings together cheesemakers, buyers, and food commentators worldwide to judge over 4,000 cheeses from over 40 countries. Marika Gouda of Thorpe brought home the most awards of any domestic cheesemaker with 12 ranking Goudas. Marika Penterman was born and raised in the Netherlands, where she grew up on her parents' 60-cow dairy farm. Other winning Wisconsin cheese producers were the Artesian Cheese Exchange, Sertoni Company, Schumann Cheese, Car Valley Cheese Company, Widmer's Cheese Cellars, and 
Hordes Dairyman Farm Creamery. That is amazing. Well, and to be a cheese taster, yeah, I think that would be kind of a challenge for me. And I love cheese. But, you know, some of those, I don't know if I could do. Could you do blue cheese? I don't know. You know, I've never really had blue cheese. Oh, see, now back in sixth grade, my sixth grade teacher, every week we had to try something new. And we had to try blue cheese on crackers. It's not bad. It's a different flavor. Some people won't eat it because it's... Mold. Mold. But, I mean, it actually isn't bad. Um, What is that one cheese that smells really bad? You know the one I'm talking of? Oh, I don't know. Oh, what is the name of it? I don't know. I, I like my traditional Colby and Colby Jack, and I'm not a huge fan of, like, sharp cheddar. Oh, see, every once in a while I do have a taste for sharp. But I'm... That's because I stay so sharp. Yeah, you're so sharp. <laughs> but I love my cheese curds, too. Hey, you gotta love cheese curds. We're from Wisconsin. Every You need cheese on everything, almost. Absolutely. Well, and we've got an event, so you gotta mark your calendars, because the Fox Valley Technical College... We'll be hosting its 72nd annual farm tour on Wednesday, November 29th. So it's after deer hunting. The event will be hosted at the Appleton Main Campus and include virtual tours of two local farms. The event is open to anyone interested in effective agriculture production practices, new dairy calf housing and milking facilities, and technologies such as on-farm digesters. Each dairy will share a visual presentation with time for questions and open discussion. Host farms for this event are the Strasburg Creek Dairy in Wittenberg and Wayside Dairy in Greenleaf. Strasburg Creek Dairy includes a 1,000 cows plus a conventional milking parlor and 12 lately automated milking robots. Wayside Dairy includes 2,000 cows and is currently building and implementing an on-farm digester. The event is only from 11 to 1, and it's free to attend, but they are asking that you do register just so they have enough people on hand to answer questions and they have room. I think that sounds like an interesting endeavor. I think so, yeah. So Wednesday, November 29th, it's Fox Valley Technical College's 72nd Annual Farm Tour. So if you're interested, you got to sign up. You going to yeah. go, Jill? Uh, I think I've got some other stuff scheduled that day. Oh, nuts. No, I got I think I do an FFA on the air up in Boyceville on that day. Oh, nothing wrong with that. That's important stuff, too. All right, well, let's take a look at our weather before we jump into markets. It's going to be a sunny day today with a high of 54. Tonight, mostly clear with a low of 34. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and windy with a high of 60. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 43 for a low. Wednesday, sunny and 59. Wednesday night, mostly clear, low of 41. Temps in the area right now, we're at 38 degrees up in Medford. La Crosse is at 40. Marshfield's at 38. Green Bay at 39. Rice Lake is at 40 degrees. Wausau, 38. Oh, wish I was in Madison. 47 degrees. Milwaukee's at 45. And we're at 37 degrees right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area. And we've got your morning markets. Those are coming in next, and they'll be brought to you by... The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And this morning's markets again are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, lead us off for the morning. Well, our cash-fed livestock and our choice-fed beef steers are 174 to 184, with mixed steers of 173 and down. Choice-fed beef heifers are 173 to 183, with mixed heifers at 114 to 172. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 135 to 179. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 154 to 167, with select and silage-fed steers 156 and down. Cows are 74 to 94, with a top of 125. Bulls are 90 to 119. Butcher hogs are 45 to 90. Sows are 36 to 56 with boars at 34 and down. There's no quote on market lambs. Feeder lambs are 35 to 220. Ewes are 55 to 115. Small goats are 10 to $155. Medium goats are 25 to $235. Large goats are 120 to $600 with nanny goats at 50 to $280. Perfect. Thank you, Jill. And switching over to that mercantile exchange, your live cattle for December is at 174.17, down 17 cents. February's at 174.65, up 17 cents. April's at 176.92, down 2 cents. Feeder cattle for November's at 229.72, that's up 72 cents. 
January's at 226.42, up a dollar fifty. March is at 226.62, up a dollar thirty-seven. Lean hogs for December's at 71.90, up forty-five. February's at 75.57, up thirty-seven. April's at 81.52, up eighty cents. And on the Chicago Board of Trade, your December corn was up just a fraction at 464, and then your March corn was also up a fraction at 479. December oats were up seven at 354. Your January beans were up nine at 1356. Your January soybean meal was up five dollars and seventy cents a ton to 440.60 a ton. Your December wheat that was down four cents at 571. On the dairy side, barrel cheese was unchanged on Friday to $1.65. Your blocks were down four cents to $1.60. Double A grade butter took a hit down 10 cents to $2.60. Class three futures for November were down four at $17.08. December down 15 to $16.89. January down 11 to $17.04. February down two to $17.49. March was down three at $17.88. And your markets were downward trending through August. That's a look at your morning markets again, brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Right now, we've got Granger Smith, if the boot fits, quarter after five on your Monday morning. 17 minutes, almost 18 minutes after five o'clock, and Mr. Bob Bosold will be joining us here very shortly on, he had the chance to speak with John, oh, how do you pronounce that name? Wasn't it Umfelder? Umhofer? Umhofer. Umhofer. Okay. John Umhofer. Sorry about that. Wasn't sure how to pronounce that. And on cheese making. So that'll be interesting. So he will be joining us next right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Wisconsin is unique as far as the dairy industry is concerned. Yeah, we produce milk. We make a lot of cheese. We make the best cheese. And to testify to that, John Umhofer, who is, of course, the uh, head of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. And John, as you were at the University of Wisconsin River Falls ribbon cutting for the Wheatrick Family Grassland Dairy Center of Excellence, you brought up something that I don't think a lot of people realize. We make a lot of cheese in Wisconsin. We make the best cheese, but it's not, as you said, it's not commodity cheese. Right. We are the state that is the specialty cheesemaker in the United States. And it's been that way since... 18-something. Uh, it's always been the specialty cheeses back to the Swiss and Limburger Association of 1888. So that remains today. We make half of the specialty cheese in the United States, and that's why Wisconsin is not only, you know, here, but healthy and growing still. And we're talking, I mean, half the, over half the specialty cheeses, that's over 600 varieties. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. That, that's a documented fact, and there's even more than when they counted those a few years ago. And it's great to see some of those are sold around the world, the Bellavitanos and such that are uh, really, you can buy them everywhere from Europe to Japan. So that's our legacy. When you go to Europe and you talk to the Swiss or the uh, French and the Italians, they consider Wisconsin their equal. How much of a challenge is it, you mentioned some of the European countries, how much of a challenge now with this identification that we're facing? I know we've had the National Milk Producers fighting, Senator Baldwin's been fighting with FDA, but how, from your perspective with the cheesemakers, how concerning is it as far as Gouda, mozzarella, that we could be locked out? I mean, we've got Kodak standards, so what, what's the challenge here and how do you look at it? It's an enormous challenge, and we are lucky. Uh, you're right, National Milk has formed the Consortium for Common Food Names. It's because the Europe is trying to claw back words like Gouda, Feta, Parmesan. They're trying to say those are our words and you can't use them. Even bologna. Even bologna, that's right. Those are being taken in, in trade agreements with, say, Ecuador. They're saying you're going to get Parmesan only from the EU, not from the United States. So we are fighting back, saying, like you said, in Codex, which is the international standard, Parmesan is recognized as a cheese made around the world. It's not just for the European Union. So it's an enormous fight. It's an important fight. And we, we have to fight it with every trade agreement that gets made because we cannot lose these markets, and we can't have someone take them away because for the last 100 years we've been making Parmesan in Wisconsin. It's not new. And as you mentioned, other parts of the world respect the quality that comes from the United States. Have we seen any fall-off in those specialty cheese sales because of the Europeans putting pressure? I know with Mexico, they signed an agreement with Mexico on those things. Have we seen much uh, fall-off and feedback? Luckily, some of the crucial markets, like you mentioned, Mexico, Canada, uh, Japan, we've got good agreements there to keep our Parmesans and, and Gruyeres and such flowing. And... Uh, 
luckily, again, most of that is sold in the United States. But there will come a time when those trade agreements in South Korea, uh, South America, those will start to add up, and we'll start to feel that pinch if we don't push back. So, so far, we haven't seen that hurt sales, but it's got the potential to. As we go forward, also talking about uh, Wisconsin being the cheesemaking state in the United States, John Umhofer with us, head of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. Something unique in Wisconsin that I don't think we beat the drum enough on is our cheesemaker school. I mean, these guys and gals that go through and become certified to make, it's not, you don't go to cheesemaker school and get a medal and say, okay, you can make cheese. This is pretty specific, and uh, it's unique. Yeah, we've got two layers that are not done anywhere else in the United States, and that is, first, you have to be a licensed cheesemaker in Wisconsin, and we've got about 2,000 of those uh, spread among industry, and that, that itself is a difficult uh, challenge. And then we've added on the master program, which is a 10-year training program. You've got to be 10 years on a certain cheese, and then a three-year training program, and then a 40-hour test that you take after that. And What in the world is involved in a 40-hour test. It's a test that they uh, takes about 40 hours. They give them a week to do it, and then they have to turn it in. It's a long-form narrative test, and then their cheese is tested every year after that to make sure they're up to standards. So i got to ask, if these people are going to be master cheesemakers in the specific uh, <laughs> cheese that they're making. Who are the instructors? Who are the testers? These have to be some pretty special, knowledgeable cheese people that have been around a while. And they are. They're people like Mike Peterson is joining the ranks of the judges of that cheese every year. So Mike Peterson, the longtime, lifelong Wisconsin State of Department grader. So we're getting the best of the best to test these cheeses every year to make sure these people are making great cheese every year. What does it take to uh, get to that level? You've already talked about it, but, I mean, the uh, employers have to nominate them or that fill out an application. How does it work to even qualify for that? Well, what I think is great is when we started the program, I think 25 years ago, about uh, the... We discussed, should it be five years before you can even enter the program? And the cheesemakers came back on my board and said, no, ten. You can't even talk to this program until you've made a cheese for ten years because they wanted to make the program as hard as possible. And you can tell, it, it's really just still, I believe, under 100 uh, and, and all the 25 years. So it's a tough program, and we like it that way. It really, have other, it, yeah, it really means something. Have other states tried to follow this, you know, like peek over your shoulder and see how it's done in Wisconsin? I, I've never seen other states doing this. We haven't seen that. We wouldn't uh, be opposed to being uh, copied. It's very nice flattery, but we haven't seen it, no. As we go forward now, some of the things we're looking at, as always, in Wisconsin, World Cheese Championships, as we uh, end one year and start another one, what's, uh, what's on the agenda here as we go forward here in the next uh, six months to a year? Right. Our association has uh, had a couple of great events every year. In the spring, it's going to be the World Championship Cheese Contest, which is what we've run since 1957. And so we're back to that, and this will draw about 4,000 cheeses from around the world. And it's one of the things that, again, proves that Wisconsin's a serious player in the world cheese industry. And then we follow that with our big expo, the big Kick the Tires Expo, uh, kind of like the World Dairy Expo for cheesemakers, and that's in downtown Milwaukee. And the uh, World Cheese Championships have expanded. Tell us about that expansion and what's driven that for uh, different products. And how many countries, cheesemakers, from how many countries about will we'll be there. I've been there, and it's an unbelievable scene to look at all that cheese from all over the world. Yeah, it's really nice. We have about 35 countries will enter the contest. Uh, we've gotten cheese from uh, Croatia and Japan. We got a cheese from Tibet last time. So yak cheese from yaks? <laughs> it actually is yak cheese, yes. And uh, we've, So we've seen cheese come from all over the world, and I think that's a testament to who we are. And uh, Yes, we see judges coming in from usually about 20 countries. We get judges, so we re make it as fair and balanced as possible. And you don't do this in the dark of the night. It's so public can come and see this. Right, you can watch the judges judge. Uh, it's all numeric. They, this is not opinions. These are scores that are given in tenths of points. So it's as transparent as we can be. And many times Wisconsin cheeses are topping some of these categories. Well, we get a lot of gold medals in that competition. And then we do see a balance where the top three will often have a cheese from Europe uh, or more than one cheese from Europe. So these judges are dispassionate. They're looking at what's the tastiest cheese here, and uh, that's what wins. Where do you get judges for that? <laughs> Those tend to be uh, university professors from around the world, uh, professional cheese buyers, often have uh, grading qualifications around the world. Um, it's yeah, a lot of it from universities. So, yeah, wherever people are trained into how to make cheese, how to grade it, uh, we, we bring them in. Does anybody ask you what your favorite cheese is? Every day. What is it? <laughs> I like them all. It's kind of seasonal. Come on, come on. You're not running for office here. <laughs> What's your favorite cheese? You know, coming into... Mine's Baby Swiss. I love Baby Swiss. Coming into fall, give me a five-year cheddar right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not a bad choice. John, thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much.
Again, that's John Umhofer, who is the head of the Wisconsin uh, Cheesemakers Association. And a reminder that World Cheese Champion Competition will be March 5th through the 7th, 2024. As always, at the Monona Terrace Convention Center. It's something that's been uh, held biennially since 1957. And, of course, later on, they'll have the Big Cheese Expo. That will be downtown Milwaukee, a chance for Wisconsin and our cheese industry to show off to the world why we make some of the best cheese in the world. But, again, the World Cheese Championships next spring, March 5th through the 7th, at the Monona Terrace Convention Center. And one of the good things about it, it's open to the public, so you can go and uh, sample some of that cheese and take a look at uh, some of the best cheese in the world right in Madison. Again, with John Elhofer, the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, I'm Bob Bosol. Thank you so much, Bob, for that amazing update with John Umhofer. And we did have a caller come call in, Jill, the Smelly Cheese. Yeah. I could not think of the name. It's Lindberger. Yes, Lindberger cheese. Oh, I want to know, what, what do you eat it with? How do you, do you have to plug your nose and eat it? Uh, I maybe mean, it doesn't bother everybody. I've smelt it. I've never eaten it, but it smells interesting. Maybe, maybe it's just an acquired taste. Maybe. So if you've had it, you got to give us a call. Tell us what it's like because, yeah, we're kind of interested. Or send an email. And, Jill, what's a good email to send that to? Send it to waxbob at gmail.com. Perfect. Excellent. Well, it's that time of the morning. We'll have Rocky Olson. He'll be joining us next with some market reports. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right. We're at 531. Rocky Olson is joining us now. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. So now we were talking off air, Lindberger cheese. You've never smelted or eaten it. No. I like salami cheese. Salami cheese? Uh Yeah, that's the best. If you haven't had it, go get some. Where do you get that at? Uh, different, different stores. Huh. Jill, have you ever had salami cheese? Yes, I've had salami cheese. And is it amazing? It's good. It's good stuff. Jill likes it, so I'm going to have to try it now. We should, like, get our own, like... Like cheese sampling. We should have our own little yeah. cheese contest. We should pepper do that. Pepper Jack. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like Pepper Jack. That's good. You can have all my Pepper Jack. <laughs> we'll bring it over. All right. Well, <laughs> now that we've determined we all like cheese, Rocky, yeah. catch us up. What's going on in the marketing world at Premier Livestock and Withy? Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how last week's uh, market shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We had another busy week. We sold 3,850 head fed cattle steady, high choice and prime Holstein fed steers, 153 to 165, select and low choice, 140 to 152, choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.76. Market cows steady, high yielding cows from a dollar to a dollar eighteen. Uh, had a few individuals, uh, get up to a dollar twenty-three. Uh, like I said, uh, the bulk of the cows though from 83 to 99 market bulls mostly from a dollar to a dollar 23 organic market cows high yielding from 120 to 156 we sell them organic cows every monday newborn holstein bull calves we sell them four days a week monday through thursday uh, most of the holsteins brought 250 to 475 per head your beef cross calves from 350 to 750 uh, feeder cattle auction from uh, last tuesday's feeder sale we sold 1200 head of feeder cattle most of the new crop beef calves two dollars to 275 a pound those heavier yearlings from 140 to 235 holsteins mostly 130 to 175 with some light weights up to 210 uh, like i said we will have a uh, we'll go into dairy sale for Wednesday. Uh, last Wednesday, we had uh, top dairy cows bringing from 22 to 2,800. We had top jerseys up to 2,000. Uh, many other Holstein cows from 16 to 2,175 had an outstanding, I mean, outstanding group of springing heifers. Uh, them top end springing heifers from 1850 all the way to 2,650 had one load out of Iowa. The springers averaged 2,375. This week, Tuesday, uh, special feeder catalog. Bread beef cow auction. We're expecting six to eight hundred head. And then Wednesday dairy cattle auction. We have two herds. We have 120 Holstein parlor freestall cows. Uh, we have a herd of 60 Holstein tie stall cows, plus many fancy consignments there. Uh, full de- detailed list of these upcoming consignments. Uh, more detailed market reports at Premier Livestock and Auctions.com. Questions, give us a call at Premier at 715 229 
2500 and that's how things shaped up, Kristen. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rocky, for that update, and we'll catch you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. There Bye. he goes, Rocky Olson at Premier Livestock in Withy. And it's also that time in the morning to check in with our 13 First Alert Meteorologist, How's it going today, Mike? I am doing well. How are you doing, Chris? I am fabulous now that I'm talking to you. Wow, that's just, you're too nice to me. I know, and I've got a joke for you. Let's hear it. What happens when a strawberry gets run over while crossing the street? Uh, traffic jam. Oh, you knew that one? <laughs> I just kind of guess. I was like, it's got to do something with jam. Ah, okay, I got another one for you. Okay. Okay, have you? Has blah blah blah? Has <laughs> anyone seen the new deer burgers that they're selling in stores? Deer burger. Oh dear. How does this one go? I heard they only cost a buck. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> that like my chick- like. that's almost like my chicken joke. That uh, you know what? I know I've told you this one before, so you can feel free to spoil it. But okay. wh- why? You, why should you always buy something from a chicken? Oh gosh, I don't know. Oh, you don't remember this one? Because it goes buck, 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 buck. Well, because everything they sell is a buck, 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 buck. Oh, gotcha. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to start Monday. Well, it is. <laughs> and I've got one more, but we're going to save it for the end. I'm going to make you really think about that. All right. Sounds good. I'll uh, dive into the forecast real quick then. Perfect. As uh, we have a very comfortable stretch ahead of us with mid-50s, plenty of sunshine for today. Tonight, mainly clear, dipping to the mid-30s, so a little bit a uh, little bit above where we should be for a mid-November morning uh, by tomorrow. Should be in the mid to upper 20s for our overnight lows, and our highs should be in the low to mid-40s, but tomorrow hitting 60 degrees for our high. Now, we'll have those winds that are mainly out of the south, and they'll get pretty windy at times, gusting from 30 to 35 miles per hour. More sunshine in store for Wednesday, upper 50s, low 60s. Now, Thursday, those winds start out out of the south between 15 to 20 miles per hour but then looking ahead to thursday night those winds take on more of a northwesterly flow remaining breezy as a cold front moves through now that'll cool us off for friday with our highs in the mid to upper 40s and that's pretty much where we stay through the weekend with more sunshine on tap for saturday and sunday mainly clear to start us off though the temperature of 37 degrees in eau claire hey that's not bad 37 i will take that for november 13th (laughs) and what do you think opening deer season is going to be uh, I mean, I think that it's it's still going to be a little bit above average. I mean, I know that a lot of the hunters love some tracking snow, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't foresee that uh, happening before this weekend. And you know, I haven't seen that tracking snow in years. And last year we got all that cold. Yeah, you know, it was funny. It was uh, everyone was saying to me, "Oh, what do you think winter is going to be short this year because it's so mild?" And I'm like, "Well, remember it? Uh, it took us a a while to get that snow." Uh, yeah. last year but once it started it didn't stop exactly so <laughs> well hey my last joke before i let you go okay what did the deer say after he was prancing around a cloning machine for an hour oh that is a very uh very specific i'm not sure i feel like a million bucks <laughs> <laughs> okay i like that one a lot. <laughs> i thought you'd like that one for the end <laughs> hey we to... got to give them out it's hunting season i was gonna say i'm gonna have to tell that one to bob Oh, yeah. The cloning machine. He'll be like, I don't know. What does a cloning do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, love it. All right, Mike. Well, you have a great day. Thanks for the update, and we will catch you later. All right. Talk to you later. There he goes. Our our 13 first alert weather meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, this morning. And we'll have more news, weather, and markets coming up. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 20 minutes before 6 o'clock and Morgan McCarthy joins us now. And Morgan, it looks like a busy morning. Catch us up. What's going on in the newsroom today? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. A former Milwaukee police officer walks away from charges that he choked a man to death at his home in 2020. It was heading into the weekend where a jury found former officer Michael Matoli not guilty in the death of Joel Avicito. Prosecutors say Matoli choked Avicito to death following a fight at his home, but Matoli claimed he simply tried to control him after the fight, as he acted in self-defense. In other headlines, we land in the La Crosse area where not many details after somebody drove through a gate on the tarmac at La Crosse Airport, but it happened over the weekend. Somebody sped through a locked gate, then drove to a 
private jet had climbed on board. There was a flight crew on the plane. They got off. Lacrosse police rushed in and blocked the plane with a tactical vehicle. Officers eventually arrested the driver and they were taken to jail, though no charges have been announced yet. Well, we round the bases at the Senate level and that Brewers ballpark deal is on the vote table again. That's something that lawmakers are going to be tackling this week. So we'll look a little bit closer at some of the details and particulars behind those Capitol doors. The Wisconsin Senate has tweaked a bill to fund improvements and repairs for the Milwaukee Brewers ballpark. And if the amended bill gets the necessary 17 votes in the Senate, it will go back to the Assembly, where Majority Leader Tyler August is confident it will win approval. Sounds like this. Assuming that the Senate would pass that over to us, I see no reason why we wouldn't have the votes to be able to concur on that amendment uh, almost immediately and put this issue to bed once and for all. The amendment, and we'll look closer at the funding plan. It calls for $375.4 million from the state, $65.5 million each from Milwaukee County and the city of Milwaukee, and $150.7 million from the Brewers, which is a $50 million bump up from the original package. Well, the ribbon cuts, and there's a new helipad for Rural and Rusk. Chippewa County is now open as the uh, leaders cut the ribbon yesterday on a landing area in Lake Holcomb. Town of Lake Holman chairman there says the new helipad will allow paramedics to get to rural parts of the counties much faster. As they started work on that in June, they have some minor touch-ups now to add come the spring. If you're looking to get into the woods, the countdown is on for the dirty pointer, and the DNR just wants to remind hunters ahead of that about ATV rules and stuff heading into the hunting season. You can find an update on there, and numbers look to be down a little bit when it comes to registered hunters as well. A click to the DNR happens easy online. You can hunt that down at 715newsroom.com. And from the deer to the dinos, there's a new one, and we're going Lone Star. Scientists have unearthed a new species. While a small fossil from the animal was discovered in 2020, more bones were found near Lake Grapevine this week, and scientists confirm it was an entirely new species. The small herbivore's Latin name translates to Cohen's Grapevine Jaw, a combination of Murray Cohen, who first made the discovery, and the place it was found. The dinosaur was likely about six feet long and between 20 to 60 pounds. I'm Chris Caraggio. Much bigger than that, though, those cows that we have to milk and those chores have to get done as we head back to the barn with Kristen Smith, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, time to check in with your morning markets brought to you by the Wisconsin Farmers Union. And we're going to head over to the Equity L Tuna Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay and Jim. Catch me up. How'd the sale go last week? Classes of feeder cattle traded at lower prices. Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar sixty to two fifty five. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar fifty to two fifteen. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar forty five to two fifteen. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar thirty five to a dollar eighty seven. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar forty to two oh five. We had a light sampling of Holstein steers weighing from six to nine hundred. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, November 17th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. You too, Jim. Thanks so much. And now we're going to head over to Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, and a good morning to you and Jill. And uh, you, uh, you guys were talking before about uh, what you, uh, uh, what do you eat Lindberger cheese with? And I got a suggestion: you, uh, you eat that with lutefisk and wash her down with lineys. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have nothing against lutefisk. Never had it. Lineys, lineys is good, but oh, I, I okay. What does Lindbergers taste like? Describe uh, well, it for you, our listeners. I have not really. I don't like it particularly. I've had some, but it's uh, uh, you got to develop a taste for it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Is it bitter? Is it sweet? No, it's not sweet. It's uh, I don't know. It's just it's just something that I never got into. I mean, there's a lot of other good cheeses out there, but I guess if you're if that's your forte, go for it. You know. I just know it smells really, really bad. <laughs> Well, uh, maybe that uh, we better not go that way. I was just thinking maybe that be maybe that's uh, the people that you're sitting with when you're eating it too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Jerry, we'll catch us up. What's going on at the Stratford Equity Barn? 
Yeah, we better do something constructive here, Kristen. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And this will be the sales schedule here this week here at Equity Stratford as we uh, prepare for a big big marketing week here, always ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday, which is coming next week. So we'll get underway this morning here at Stratford at 10 o'clock this morning. A marketing auction today will include market cattle, fed cattle, market bulls, and baby calves. We'll get to those about 11.30. And just a brief look at last week's activity. Markets mostly steady last week. Uh, High-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows last week. We're mostly from 97 to $1.17. We did have some very fancy cows on Wednesday last week, top to 125 Most of the cows last week sold between 72 and 96 Thinner cows below 70 Bull trade last week, most of the bulls were in a range from 108 to 115 up to 120 Fed cattle last week, your very high-yielding choice Holsteins were from 155 to 165 And on the calf market last week, Holstein bull calves uh, pretty steady, 200 to 400 up to 480 uh, beef guys very strong, 350 to 700, up to 785. Anyway, we'll move forward with the sales schedule. Um, uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, we do get underway at 10 o'clock with the hay and bedding auction. Also, as part of the auction tomorrow, uh, will be, we do have the monthly negative tested feeder pig uh, auction tomorrow. So we do have feeder pigs for that sale. If you folks are interested, that will be around noon. At uh, 11 o'clock tomorrow, we do sell the market auction. We do sell organic market cattle every Tuesday, along with the conventional cattle. Our Wednesday auction does start around 10.30, a full marketing day on Wednesday, including uh, sheep, hog, and goats. Feeder cattle will be at 12.30, and our Thursday auction will start at 11 o'clock with market auction and baby calves. And like I mentioned, uh, we will have an abbreviated sales schedule next week. Do, of course, to Thanksgiving. We'll more to say about that last week. We'll have more to say about the schedule next week or later on in the week as the uh, I'm thinking we're probably going to be open just Monday and Tuesday next week, but we'll verify that later on in the week. So, folks, uh, uh, market your cattle according to, uh, accordingly. Like I said, we're looking forward to a busy marketing week here, and weather's going to be good, and uh, hunting's coming up. And also, as we mention every day now, there's still a lot of beans and corn out there, folks. Do be careful because, boy, with this uh, nice week, there's going to be a lot of field activity. So, anyway, that be the day. Drive careful. Uh, you ladies uh, have a nice day, and we'll talk to uh, the big man tomorrow morning, and uh, we'll get his uh, analysis of that whatever they played in Madison on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll let you talk to him on that. All right, Jerry, you have a great day. We'll catch you later. You too, and thank you ladies much. Bye Thank now. you. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About a month or two ago, we didn't think we were going to have near enough moisture before we go into winter freeze-up, but Mother Nature has turned the tables. we got uh, some pretty good rains and even a little snow. Dan Undersander joins us on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. Dan, of course, our state forage specialist here in Wisconsin. And, Dan, what about the moisture situation going into winter? And, and if we go in dry versus going in with uh, more moisture like we have now, Good, better, or indifferent as far as the alfalfa plants overwintering? But it's like everything else, Bob. But moderation is uh, the important thing. Alfalfa can survive going into winter with a very dry soil, uh, but it does reduce the winter root growth and, and spring green up a little bit. On the other hand, if we're too wet, um, then the soil gets colder, we have more disease issues in the plants, and so what we'd like to see is going into the winter something around uh, half a field capacity or thereabouts, plus or minus. So we'd like some moisture, and I think for most of the state we're in that situation. That will leave some moisture for the root system over winter, uh, but if it's at half capacity, then there's still a lot of airspace in there, so the soil is still insulating. And then, of course, things like the uh, snow that we just had, uh, even if it was only an inch or two, is still insulating. Uh, when we get up to about six inches of snow, we've insulated up against 20 or 30 degrees of air temperature in the soil. So snow is an important thing in terms of insulating the alfalfa plant. At this point, uh, assuming that uh, everyone has their soil fertility in good shape, that they have adequate potassium and a little bit of sulfur, uh, the likelihood is that we're going into the winter in pretty good shape. 
and uh, those plants should survive and, and green up unless we have some extreme circumstances. So again, we've got some moisture going into winter, and uh, hopefully we'll have it when it comes to spring. <laughs> Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, with us once again on our next Girl Alfalfa Update program. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's take a look at our markets one last time for this Monday morning. On the Chicago Board of Trade, your December corn is up a fraction at 464. Your March corn is also up a fraction, but at 479. December oats are up 7 at 354. Your January beans are up 9 at 1356. January soybean meal is up 570 a ton to $440.60 a ton. December wheat is down 4 at 571. Country elevators in the area, Golden Plump in Arcadia is at 431 for corn. Baldwin's at 414 and 1267. Chippewa Falls is at 394 and 1280. Durand is at 414 and 1257. Mondovi's at 414 for corn, 1262 for beans. Elmwood is at 419, 1267. Fall Creek is at 414, 1257. Osseo's at 429 and 1267. Loyal is at 419 and 1265. Elk Mound is at 409 for corn, 1277 for beans. Sparta is at 415 and 1258. Ellsworth is at 404 and 1257. Ethanol plants in the area. Boysville's at 414. Stanley's at 419. New Richmond's also at 414. Switching over to the dairy side, your barrel cheese was unchanged on Friday to $1.65. Your blocks were down four cents to $1.60. Your double A grade butter, that took a hit down 10 cents to 260. And your class three futures for November down four at 1708. December down 15 cents to 1689. January down 11 cents to 1704. February down two at 1749. March was down three at 1788. And then those markets were downward trending through August. And again, that's a look at your morning markets. And before you go, Jill, we talked about Lindberger cheese. Yes. And Jerry says you got to eat it with lutefisk and wash it down with a lineys. Have you ever had lutefisk? I have never had lutefisk. Me neither. I actually had fish last night, but it was Ooh. not. I've been air frying my fish. Oh, how is that? It works really good. I'm really liking it. And it doesn't make your house smell like fish? No, it doesn't make it smell like fish, and I can actually eat it, and my guts don't go, ew. <laughs> well, I just, I, I, we've made fish before, and sometimes your whole house smells very fishy. Yeah, no, this is good. I, I'm very impressed. I'm impressed with myself. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you something. You know, winter's rolling around. The bears are hibernating and the birds are flying south. What about the bees? Ah, like every other creature on Earth, bees have their own unique ways of coping with cold temperatures. And one way that bees prepare for the winter is by gathering a winter reserve of honey. I did not know this, but bees need a minimum of 60 pounds of extra food in order to survive the winters. That's a lot of extra food. That's a lot. Because they're only little bitty. They're, they're itty bitty. And what I, you know, I mean, you've interviewed the bee people. I've interviewed them. I love that, you know, there's the bees, the queen bee. Yes. And there's the worker bee. And then there's these drones. Yes. And if the drones don't do their manly duties. Due diligence. You know, their due diligence and basically explode. They get they get to come back home, and then in the wintertime, the workers kick them out, and he freezes to death. Yep, they're just done. I mean, poor, poor drones. They have feelings, too. But beekeepers are also inspecting their hives this time of year to ensure the quality of their queen bees. And other beekeepers are sending their bees to warmer states. I hope I'm that bee. Honeybees, as we all know, are critical pollinators and are responsible directly or indirectly for nearly one-third of the food supply in the United States. This includes a variety of crops from blueberries and almonds to apples to pumpkins and, of course, our beautiful flowers. Always a nice thing to think about. Yes. Very springy-like. Very springy. Yes, especially with this temp that we're getting today. 54 degrees and sunny. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and some wind. High of 60. Wednesday, 59. But right now in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're at 37 degrees. So get up, get at it. It's a Monday morning. Enjoy your day. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.